If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Today I'd like to talk about how to be a godly role model. How do you accomplish that feat where you live the life of Jesus before your friends and your peers and your mom and your dad and your cousins and your brothers? How do you live that godly role model? Is it possible today? You know, we all influence people. We either influence them in a positive way or a negative way. Either we build people up or we tear people down. And I believe God wants all of us to be that godly role model that people say, I want to be like him. I want to follow him. I want to do what he does. And if you've got people in your life like that, my advice is you follow those people, for they will lead you to Jesus if you don't already know him. They will always give you good advice. They will always show you that this is the way you should go. And if you've got the other people in your life, you know who they are, the ones that drag you down, the ones that are a bad influence in your life, pray for those people. And if you have to cut them off, cut them off. Don't let them drag you down. Because they will. Like I've always said, there's two reasons why people don't come to church. One reason is because they don't know any Christians, so they don't, they're afraid to come, you know, they're not involved. And the second reason they don't come to church is because they know some Christians. So that's why they don't come. So don't be that type of person that you make people not want to come to church, not want to be a Jesus, not, not to want to follow Jesus. When you look in your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. Of course, we know the greatest example to follow is Jesus Christ. You know, he never sinned, he never got angry out of, uh, you know, not being righteous anger. Jesus did everything right. And he's a great role model, but I'm not picking him today. I'm picking the, the Apostle Peter. Because Peter's more like me. He's more like you. He made mistakes. He denied Jesus three times. He said things he shouldn't have said. He did things he shouldn't have done. But one thing I love about Jesus, he never gave up on Peter. Even when Peter denied him, even when Peter did the wrong thing, Jesus saw something in Peter that the world did not see. Jesus saw that Peter one day would come around and he'd be a great example to follow. And as we know, Peter wasn't perfect, but in the end, boy, did he come around. He's the type of person that we all need to emulate, that we all need to have him as our role model. So let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Starting at verse 13. Matthew 16, 13. 
When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But Jesus said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, the rock. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So how do we become a godly role model? The first step is you have to be born again. And here we see that Peter made that declaration that Jesus, you're not just a good prophet. You're not just a good man. You're not just a good teacher. You don't just feed people. You don't just heal people. But you are the Son of God. You are God incarnate. And we're walking with God every day. Now Jesus... According to the world, he's very offensive. And when Jesus says, and when Peter says that he is the son of the living God, what he is declaring is that all other religions, all other religions are not true. Following Buddha will not get you into heaven. Following Mohammed will not get you into heaven. Following the thousands upon thousands of gods that the Hindus worship will not get you into heaven. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except by me. To the world, that's very offensive. And in some nations, that's called hate speech. And in some places, you can be arrested for proclaiming what Jesus said. But I'm here today to tell you, if you're going to be that godly role model, this has to be number one in your life, that there's no other God except Jesus. There's no other way you can be saved except through Jesus. I saw a statistic the other day, and I hope it's not true, but it probably is, that over 65% of the young people in churches, 30 and younger, don't believe that Jesus is the only way. They believe that if you're good, if you're sincere in your worship, you will make heaven. But I'm here today to, cut, to, to, to declare that that is a false statement. You'll never be good enough You'll never worship your God enough, and you will find yourself wanting. 
So in order to be a godly role model, to show people the way to heaven, you have to know that Jesus is the only way and that he is Lord of Lords, King of Kings. You have to live it. You have to proclaim it. You have to, you have to walk it out. Even though when it's not popular, you have to stand up for what Jesus says. For it says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says these words. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which they must be saved. You have to get this down into your spirit that Jesus Christ is God. And I have to share that with a lost and dying world. And a lot of times you will be rejected for that point of view. You'll be called narrow-minded. You'll be called out of your mind. You'll be called a religious fanatic. You'll be called a Jesus freak. But truth is truth. And I'm here today to tell you that if you're going to be that godly role model, you've got to have that as number one in your life, that nothing can sway you. And that's exactly what Peter said. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. And Jesus said, now don't tell anybody. Keep it a secret until the, I tell you when to start talking about it. And of course, they didn't pay attention to Jesus. You know, a lot of people think to be uh, a godly role model or to be a role model to other people, you just have to be good. You have to do the right thing. And we have a neighbor of ours. He's a great guy. He's got all kinds of degrees in mathematics. He's ten times smarter than I'll ever be. And what he does, which he should be commended about this, what he does, he takes about six to eight students every year under his wing, kids that are having a hard time passing their grades. And every one of those kids he takes in, he shows them how to study. He shows them how to read. He shows them what to do, how to take a test. And every one of those students in the last 10 years have gone out to get big degrees in colleges, master degrees, doctor degrees. They're lawyers, they're doctors. And in the natural, he's a very good person. And when we started talking about Jesus, he said, I really don't believe any of that stuff. He said, my wife does. She's a Catholic, and I promise to go to church twice a year. They've been married over 50 years, and he's kept that vow. He goes Easter and Christmas. He goes twice a year, but asks for believing. He doesn't believe. He believes in science. And even though he's a good person, he does a lot of good stuff. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. You may think you can live fine without Christ, and many do. But you cannot afford to die without him. Because one day, all of us in this room and throughout the world, all of us will stand before Jesus. And he'll either say two things, well done, my good and faithful servant, or he will say, depart from me, for I never knew you. 
For it says in his word that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So we, as Christian role models, we've got to have that down deep in our spirit. We've got to know that we know. And as we get that down deep into our hearts and into our minds and in our bodies, then we, then we can start on that road of being that godly role model that God wants you to be, where you influence people in a positive way and that you lead people to Jesus Christ. For that's what God wants all of us to be. So what's the next step that we have to take if we're really going to be that Christian role model? According to the Word of God, the second step, we've got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the power to accomplish the task before you. That's why Jesus said in Luke 24, now think about this, when Jesus said these words, he had already been with his disciples three and a half years. He taught them everything he could teach them. He was a great example. But he realized that they still needed something else. And this is what Jesus told his disciples. He said, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But wait in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with the power from high. Until you've been clothed with the Holy Spirit. And if you're here today and you've never been baptized in the Spirit, you go home. You read the book of Acts for yourself, and you ask God, God, you reveal to me what this Holy Spirit stuff is all about. You speak to my heart. You make me what you want to make me. And you'll be amazed as God begins to work in your heart, works in your mind, works in your life, you will become Spirit-filled. Because he said, I will pour out my flesh upon, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. He's no respecter of person. So the second thing that you've got to have in order to be that godly role model that God wants you to be, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to be filled. Now, you can still be a halfway decent, good role model, but when you read the book of Acts, and you look at Peter's life, man, Peter before the Holy Spirit, and Peter after the Holy Spirit, he was like night and day. He was a new man. No longer was he afraid to stand up before the mob in the crowd and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. No longer was he messing up every step of the way. No longer was he denying Jesus as a follower of him. But when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he became a new person. I know in my own life, before I was spirit-filled, before the Holy Spirit came upon me, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, to stand in front of a crowd and speak, I was terrified. I wasn't just scared, I was terrified. I would not do it. I couldn't do it. I would fumble, like I fumble around a lot. You guys see that, but that's neither here nor there. The Lord gives you supernatural power to do things that you can't do on your own. You need it. I need it. And if you don't quite understand it, after the service, you come up to me, and we'll try, I'll try to explain it to you. But you all need to be baptized 
in the Holy Spirit. We are our Pentecostal church. And we need to preach that more than we do. For it is the power that we're lacking. If we want to make a difference out in that world, we need the Holy Spirit. And when you look at Peter's life, the day of Pentecost, when it came in Acts chapter 2, and all the crowd was saying, these guys are all drunk. These guys are out of their mind. What did Peter do? He stood up before the whole crowd and he began to preach. And he says, this, we're not drunk with wine. This is what the prophet Joel said. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And Peter, in his boldness, when he said, the Jesus that you crucified, he pointed fingers right at him. The Jesus that you guys crucified, God raised him from the dead, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And it says during that little church service out there in the field or wherever they were at, 3,000 came to know Jesus that day. How? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid of what God has for you. Every believer should seek to be filled with the Spirit of God as part as your continually relationship with God. Whether you understand it or not, you need to ask God, God, fill me. There's some areas I'm lacking. And I love what Peter did in chapter 4. Peter and John are going up to the temple and they heal this lame man outside the temple who had never walked in his entire life. And the lame man began to cause problems in the church, in the temple. And Peter and John are arrested and they're brought before the Sanhedrin. And Peter said these words. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and leaders of the people. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to this man who was lame and being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but God raised him from the dead, that he stands before you healed today. Whoa. Peter no longer was afraid of the religious leaders. He told them exactly how this man was healed. It was through the power of the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. So to be that godly role model, you got to have that Holy Spirit power inside of you. And see, it's not just for preaching and proclaiming. It's for other things, too. It says in Galatians chapter 5, 22, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, gentleness, self-control. See, this Holy Spirit fills in the gaps. He makes us what God wants us to be. And when, you're got, when you get filled for the Spirit, when you accept His Spirit into your life and you begin to overflow, 
His Holy Spirit helps you to overflow in, in ways you never were before. He makes you more kind. He makes you more patient. He makes you more loving. He makes you more like Jesus. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon all flesh to make us more like Jesus. It says in Ephesians 5.18, And do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. It's a refilling where God pours out His his spirit fresh and anew every morning, every day, because we face a dying and dark world, and we need the Holy Spirit to give us direction, to give us the words to say. And that's why Peter was so affected, because once he was filled for the Spirit, now he has some power through God to back it up. So what's the third thing that we need to do? We're born again. We're filled for the Spirit. We have to learn to walk by faith. If you're going to be that godly role model that God wants you to be, you've got to be people of faith. Because sometimes, thing sometimes things don't go right. As I used to tell my English teacher, it gets worser and worser. And she would correct me. She goes, there's no such word as worser. And I said, well, I'm using it, worser. Because it's worse than it was before, so it's worser. And when we don't have the faith that we need, what happens is those things overcome us. We give up, we turn around, and we go back to our old way of life. But when we have faith in Jesus Christ, and we let that faith grow in us, and it takes a while to grow. Many times I have messed up, and I have not done what God has told me to do, but he keeps coming after me. And he builds up my faith, and he shows me that no matter what comes my way, when it gets worse, I can still trust in him. When you have more month than you have money, your faith is built up in God because he supplies all your needs. When there's sickness comes to your house and there's nothing that can knock you off your feet like sickness, faith has to arise. And the world needs to see people of faith that no matter what happens, no matter who passes away, when we're knocked down, when we're sick, and we're tired, and we're out of money and out of resources, who do we trust in? Where's our faith in? Our faith has to be in Him. And our role model has to be Jesus Christ. And when you look at Peter's life, when Peter was arrested in Acts chapter 12 and he was going to be killed the next morning, what was Peter doing? You would think he'd be praying. You would think he'd be a little hacksaw trying to get out of prison. It says that Peter was sleeping. He had so much faith in God that he, he said, God, if they kill me, that's okay. I'll see you in a little while. If I get out of here, that's okay too. I'll go on with, with the people that I love. 
And Peter was sound to sleep, and God had to send an angel. The church began to pray, Lord, spare his life. And the church prayed, and, and of course the angel showed up, and all the chains fell off Peter, and, and the angel said, well, get dressed, let's go. And Peter thought it was a dream until he got on, onto the street. And that's the kind of faith I want to have, that when things come against me, I can sleep like a baby because I know I'm in the loving arms of Jesus Christ. And no harm will come my way without him allowing it. Charles Spurgeon also said these words, to trust God in the light is nothing. But to trust him in the dark is faith. In other words, when you can see the outcome, when you can see the problem being solved, it doesn't take much faith. When everything is good, the kids are not sick, there's plenty of money in the bank, and all the things are going well, it doesn't take much faith. But when things are going wrong, in the dark, when you can't see any light, that's when your faith begins to grow. It'll either grow or it'll disappear. And I'm here, today, I'm here today to tell you that to be that Christian role model, to be that godly role model, you've got to have faith because the world is looking for people of faith because they go through the same things that we go through. They go through struggles. They go through hardships. They go through hurricanes. They go through floods. And it's about how we react to those things. And our job is to react in a positive way to show them that Jesus Christ hasn't been sidetracked. He hasn't forgotten or forsaken me. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I heard someone say this one time. He said, when hardship comes, you have to live on what you know. Don't live on what you don't know. In other words, when tragedy comes your way and all the questions of why did this happen? Why did things go wrong? Why did that person die? Why, why, why? And those answers will probably never come. You have to be a, you have to be a person of faith that say, you know what? This is what I know. I know that Jesus is good. He's a good God. I know that Jesus loves me. I know that he's working out everything for my benefit. I know God cares for me. This is what I know. And this is the way I'm going to walk. The things I don't understand, the things I don't know, I'm going to just forget about them because I can't do anything about them. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to be a faith walker. And if you're going to be a godly role model, you've got to show the world that when things come against you, you still stand strong for God. You don't let things knock you down. You don't give up. And what's the fourth and final thing that we need? We cannot let public opinion influence the way we walk, the way we live. See, the world has their opinions of how we should live 
and what we should say and where we should go and what we should do. That's the world's opinion. If you hang around long enough, you'll realize that the world's opinions change like the weather. What was good yesterday is no longer good for today. And we in the church cannot let public opinion confuse us from the only opinion that matters, God's opinion. When I see something come against me or when I see something that's passed on Capitol Hill, I say, well, does it line up with the word of God or not? If it doesn't, I'm going to side on the era of faith. I'm going to side on God's side. I'm going to be on his side. Even though the whole world may say that's not right. That's not the way you should believe. That's not how you should talk. I'm going to say, well, God says this is the way I should walk. September 21st, 1996, Bill Clinton is our president. And Congress declares on the Capitol steps, this is 1996, it's called the Marriage Defense Act. That marriage is only can be legal. Legal marriage can only be between one man and one woman. That's legal marriage. And that your spouse has to be of the opposite sex. And they signed that into law in 1996. Over 90% of the congressmen and the senators signed their name to that law. And when you look at today, I think if you want to marry your groundhog, it's okay. That's fine. Anything goes. And when you saw them sign that, because I remember that when they were up on Capitol Hill signing that bill, I said, you know what? That sounds like the Bible to me. That really lines up with the Word of God. But today... What they call marriage is no longer marriage. And we, as believers, we cannot be swayed by public opinion. And I don't want to, because I'm in a lot of homes, and I, I've seen a lot of things go on. And man, I tell you, when, when the girl answers the door and she introduces me as her husband to this other lady, I'm thinking... Man, are you deceived? Are you far from God? And you know, Peter didn't let public opinion sway him either. When Peter was going to be taken to the cross and crucified, all Peter had to say was, you know what? Jesus is a fraud. He's not the son of God. He just pulled a bunch of tricks on everybody. And I denounce him today. Peter never would. He died a martyr. And all the other disciples, same thing. They all had a chance to recount 
Jesus Christ is a fake. He's a fraud. And all the other disciples did the exact same thing. They all died for Christ. Except for John the Baptist. They tried to kill him a lot of times, but they could not kill that guy. So as we sit here today, how to become a Christian role model? First of all, we have to be born again. Secondly, we need to be filled for the Spirit. Thirdly, we've got to have faith. And fourthly, we've got to have to live by this. When someone brings something to my attention, I said, well, let's see what the Word of God says in that, you know. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then your opinion don't matter. Because this is not my opinion. This is God's opinion. This is what God says. This is truth. This is always going to be true, no matter what the world says. This is always going to be true. And I like to close with this story. In 1970, when I was still in high school, Long, long, long time ago. Wow. 1970. There was a great movement of God. The hippie movement was out there. It was all about, you know, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. A lot of young people were into that. Anything, anything went. Hair down to here. I pray for hair now. I would love to have hair like that before, like back in the old days, but those days are gone. Have hair like Charlie Fox. That's my goal. And in nineteen seventy, a great movement happened, especially in California. The hippies were in full bloom. You know, they're out there dancing and carrying on and singing and dancing and trying to find love in all the wrong places. I remember a song back in those days. It was a big hit. And the title of the song or the the lyrics in the song was, If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. In other words, anything goes. If you can't be with your girlfriend, find somebody else. And that's the way it was in the 70s. Anything went. We went wild. And there was a pastor out in California, his name was Chuck Smith. Probably some of you never heard of him, but he was a great preacher. He was a great pastor, great man of God. And he started letting these hippies into his church. They made a movie. It's called The Jesus Revolution. If you haven't seen it, Google it. It's a great movie. Brought back a lot of memories when I was a teenager. And of course, you know, when you're bringing all these long-haired, smelly, teenagers, things begin to affect some of the people in the congregation. And they said, man, the hippies are making our carpet dirty. I can't believe they're just coming here. They don't even wash their feet. So you know what Chuck Smith did? He went outside the church and he began to wash their feet before they came into the sanctuary. And through that movement, he had a little church of about 35, 40 people and then next thing you know, all these hippies started coming into his church and they all got saved. And things began to move. In that little church, 
grew to like 800 people, three or four services every Sunday. So what they did, they decided we're going to build a bigger church. So while they're building a bigger church, they put up a tent that could seat 2,000. And every night they had services almost every night, different preachers, and they filled the tent to overflowing. And in that congregation, there was a young man named Greg Laurie. You need to read his story. His mother was married seven times. Seven times. Abusive, drugs, alcohol. He's seen it all, did it all. But in 1970, he gave his heart to the Lord there in California. And Chuck Smith, the pastor of that church, saw something in him that he didn't see in a lot of young people's lives, and he began to mentor him. He began to be that role model that Greg Laurie needed to be. And about four or five years later, Chuck Smith calls Greg Laurie into his office and hands him a set of keys and said, hey, there's a church down the street that just closed, and I just bought it. You become their pastor. And today, Greg Laurie has a church over about 5,000 people. They have a high school. And then on Jan uh, July 8th of this year, July 8th, his church baptized over 4,000 people in the ocean. Why? Because Chuck Smith was a role model for that young man. And you don't know who's sitting beside you. You have no idea that may be the next Billy Graham or the, mess, the next Mrs. Billy Graham. Because God's not a respecter of persons. You have no idea as you pour your life into your family members, into your, into your friends out there. You have no idea what God can do for them. So become that Christian role model that God wants you to be. Influence people for good. Show them that Jesus Christ is the best life ever. Everything else fades away. And I can testify to you this morning. When we got married... My wife's parents divorced. And I have only been saved for a short time. And the preacher that I was saved under his ministry, he ran off with the secretary. <laughs> wow. A good start, Lord. How are we going to? And I was thinking about, man, if this, if this is Christian life, wow. I don't think I want this. But praise be to God that another man came into my life. Brother Schusler, a great man of God. He wasn't the best preacher I've ever heard, but man, did he live the life. That guy was sold out for Jesus. He would come to late to church. He's the preacher. He would come to church late every week. You know why? Because he was out picking people up in his car. 
bring him to church. And he saw something in me. that I didn't see in myself. And he took me under his wing. And he, and he showed me how to live the Christian life. This is what you do, Dave. This is how you act in these situations. This is what you do. He said, I feel God's got a call in your life. And I would tell him, I don't think you know what you're talking about. You have no clue. You never know who you can influence. So live the Christian life. Live the godly life. And if you have trouble with anger or drugs or alcohol, give it to Jesus. And he can make something beautiful out of your life. You never know who's watching. Like the old saying says, you may be the only Bible that someone will ever read. Live the life. Be the example. And be that positive influence on young people and older people and whoever comes in contact with you. And then stand back and watch God take their life and make something beautiful out of it.